Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Pundits Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to recap week one of the Premier League, who surprised us, and who we felt underperformed. So let's just hop right into it. Week one game recaps. Arsenal versus Fulham. Michael, you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Oh, that was a beautiful game. Woke up at 6.30 just to watch it. Ended up falling asleep for the first half. Sorry, I have to admit that. But woke up for the second half. Saw a beautiful Gabriel goal and an Aubameyang goal. Lacazette scored in the first half. Arsenal won 3-0. It's a great Bamian game. Goal. The Bamian goal was really yeah. nice. Team it was play. a great team play, too. Really yeah. um, the pass from Willian. Willian had three credited assists, two real assists. The third one, he, he got a free kick. Yeah, and they scored off the free kick, so it, it, apparently it counts as an assist for him. But he got two technically, but three. He made that Arsenal team look really good. Oh, he did. It, but it was exciting to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think we have to take that game with a grain of salt, though, because it it is Fulham. But I think it has a lot of promise for for Arsenal season. Oh, for um, sure. I just think as much as we can say, oh yeah, it's Fulham. I think that game was more important than just the three nil win. I think it's more important. Whatever the scoreline would have been, it's a result. But I think it's more important for their confidence that they're able to net three with a few new players in there. And it's just, it's a great start to the season for them. And I think it's what they needed if they would have started off maybe with a one, like a draw or something. It might have not been the same. So I think they kicked the season off right where they needed to be. So it'll be fun to watch going forward. Oh, yeah. It was a well needed win, too. Arsenal haven't had too much uh, luck with opening season games in the past few years. So it's always well, even- fun to see. Even the uh, opening season games, it seems like last season, the reason they struggled so much was because they couldn't win the games like this. So I think it's a really good result that they can go and do what they need to do. Well, yeah, they started They started with uh, Emery last year. Yeah, that too. Definitely part of it, but you know. Absolutely. So moving on, that was a great game. This was the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. I feel like you guys are going to agree. Liverpool versus Leeds. Uh, Sam, tell us, tell us about it. This game... I mean, it started off pretty fast, didn't it? A for a third minute penalty for Liverpool. Salo puts it in the back of the net, and you kind of think at first, oh, Leeds is in trouble. But just watching this game progress, lots of people, the criticism they were given for Leeds was saying they're not going to be able to play the same style of soccer that they played in the championships, which is high press. They just it's a constant team press. They move the ball fast. They don't sit back. They just like to go at it. They, I believe there's a point where they, for 15 minutes on every counterattack, they had six people in Liverpool's box. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. So this game is just awesome. Like, I mean, the scoreline shows at four to three. And for obviously for Leeds losing, like, yeah, it sucks, but they just played Liverpool, the champions, and put three past them and held their own. They did not look shaky. Yeah, I mean, you're losing to the previous champions by a penalty, essentially. Like, that, you're not coming out of that game with your heads down. That's something to be proud of, and that's momentum that they can carry into this Premier League season. I think it's a lot of uh, a a good sign of things to come for Leeds. Uh, Real quick, before we move on to the next game, uh, I need to issue an apology to Patrick Bamford because he had a hell of a game. (laughs) And I know the first episode I shit on him a lot, so I, I... my uh, formal apology to you, Patrick. Moving on, West Ham versus Newcastle. I saw the highlights. Callum Wilson, immediate impact, scoring in the 57th minute, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 57, something like that. It was yeah, in the 50th. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. But Callum good. Wilson brought in exactly what he needed to do. 
they bought him to score goals and he scored on his debut. You can't really ask uh, much more from that. I don't think so. Yeah. Neat little I mean, performance from Newcastle. Yeah. Convincing. They're looking strong. Uh, I think West Ham need to pick up the pieces. I mean, I, I don't know if people know much about the whole situation behind the scenes. Like obviously their squad's good. Like it doesn't look like they should be as bad as they are, but the club is pretty much falling apart. The players are talking about going on strike. So I, I think it'll be, I don't know what's happening with West Ham, but they need to sort it out quickly. But Newcastle did their job. It was a good game. David well, they, They're talking about going on strike. Do you know what that was about? I didn't hear uh, about it. Yeah. The board. I didn't, just, hear, about I didn't just, hear about it I either. Don't, there's a lot. Like It's David Moyes and the players are all on the same page. The club wants them to do a ton of different stuff. They won't give them money to invest. They're just. Yeah. So they're pretty much just saying, like, this is what you have, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about, like, cutting pay. And obviously, like, a player like Felipe Anderson and, like, Declan Rice, Sebastian mm-hmm. Heller that they just signed last summer. They're not like no one wants that. Like it's their jobs they play. So West Ham, like you look at them, they're in a great facility. They something needs to change, and apparently it's not the players and the managers that are disagreeing. So I don't really know, but I've heard rumors of a player strike. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, so good little bit of info. So guess what? Keep an eye on that throughout yeah. the season. Arsenal better not lose to a team on strike this weekend. <laughs> no kidding. Let's <laughs> uh, Brom versus Leicester. Did anybody watch that game? I, I didn't really I did. see anything. Sam, you want to talk about that one? Game. Okay, I didn't pay um, too much attention to it. This game was really interesting, to be honest, especially from like a neutral point of view. Like West Brom, like we said, they had technically a better record than Leeds in the championship, but obviously finished second because they had less ties. But it was just really interesting to see kind of how a team like Leicester that came off a very rough back end of the season came into it. It was really tight until all of a sudden balls whipped in. Castagna, the new signing. It was a great. Yeah, he's no, he's their right back. So they're right back. Okay. Yeah, they put Justin at now left back. Was Ricardo Pereira still injured? Yeah, he's still injured. He's still injured. Okay. I don't know how they're going to do it in the end, but Castagna off the cross from Dennis Pratt, who was honestly Lester's best player for the first 60 minutes, made probably the same run for about the third time in the box, chipped it back post, Vardy missed it, Castagna made the run from right back and was just up in the box, scored a goal. And then from then on, I think for me personally, I saw Yuri Tillemans and Dennis Pratt just kind of take control of the midfield and then it just freed up chances. And again, they're outside backs. I don't, I honestly, as good as Chilwell and Pereira are, I think you could put any decent Premier League right back and left back in that team and they would succeed because James Justin won a penalty and Vardy got his first. And then again, they got another penalty and Vardy got two. So it wrapped up 3 0. It wasn't the most fair to West Brom on the scoreline, but Leicester looked good. They did the business and got the win. So Vardy had two penalties. Two penalty goals. They were both emphatic, I will say. Uh, let me say this. Bruno does that, and he gets slattered for a week from everybody. Yeah, but... You're bringing up Bruno out of nowhere. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's just classic. Yeah, be Bruno, yeah Bruno, Bruno. true. True, very true. Um, I will say this before we move on. Leicester, uh, they seem to be a team where once they get that go-ahead goal, they don't seem to lose the lead a lot. So I think once you get that going, they're, they're pretty sad. And they have good... good uh, 
managerial experience and, and Brandon Rogers. So that game doesn't, re- that scoreline doesn't really surprise me yeah, too much. Their defense really knows how to lock it down. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was probably the, the, how do I say it? Probably the biggest game. I, yeah, I'd say most yeah. exciting. Competitive on competitive. Paper. Yeah, Tottenham versus Everton. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It was a good game. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah. But I will apologize to Thomas, especially Thomas called it out in last episode with our predictions saying that he thought Everton were going to be a force. And after watching that game with that midfield three, Everton are the real deal. Dude, James Rodriguez was they are the real deal. Standing signing. He created five chances in that game. The only thing that I saw on that Everton side that's a little bit of a concern was Richarlson. His finishing wasn't the best. He should have had at least one goal, if not two. Yeah, yeah I think he should have had two. Minimum two. If could I'm have honest, had he really should have had two goals. That game yeah. should have been 3 now. Well, that goes back to what we were talking about last week. Uh, someone brought up how um, – uh, fuck, what's Everton's coach? Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Fucking Ancelotti. Ancelotti said that he wants uh, Richarlison to have 30 goals. and i mentioned that like maybe that's what he's thinking now that he brought in rodriguez like maybe and i I definitely see where he why he thinks that richardson can do that yeah i I, he really thinks that connection is going to thrive and prosper and i totally see how it can but it's got to put those away yeah Yeah, he's always always in a great position but he just can't finish yeah, one thing wasn't I'll able say, to finish some of those goals at least. Yeah, one thing I'll say is, especially like I said, they played all of their new signings the first mm-hmm. weekend. They look so. Allen had just arrived the like halfway through the week before, so he had a week and a half. Decore had like three days. Decore had, like had three days, and that they looked. Uh, the team chemistry is just there. They all looked like they're friends. They're playing together. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. And I think at the end of the day, Richarlison missed his chances. But you look at the man that they relied on a little bit last season before the whole lockdown, Calvert-Lewin did the business. It was a nice header. And I think they won uh, the game 1-0. It was yep. just... I think a lot of that has to go... Uh, a lot of that credit has to go to Ancelotti for having a great game plan going into that game. Yeah, no. 2021, Everton, European football. I yep, yep, see it. Yep. Shout out this, to man. this will be the squad that brings uh, European football to Everton. Who's the longest Very Everton good. supporter I know? Shout out, Jamie. <laughs> Shout out, Jamie. Uh, real quick, too. Uh, I'm not too worried about Richarlison. I think it's the first week. You got to give a little, a little. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, game. Not so I'm not too worried about him. I think you have to, you know, like I said, give him a little bit of a break. He definitely should have scored two from when I was watching. Um, but yeah, moving on. Sheffield versus Wolves. I didn't get a chance to watch this one. I was at work today, but anybody? What was that, Mike? Oh, I was just saying how good Jimenez is. Yeah, he's very good. Third minute scoring. That finish was not easy. It was a volley, but he made it look easy. Like, I don't even know how he got his body. It was a half volley. He was behind the ball like leaning forward and perfectly side footed it was ridiculous yeah perfectly places at top bins too he can play at any club in the world and bag 20 goals oh definitely absolutely Dude is a freak he's a goal scorer i just think again like this was two teams that you see the whole wingback situation come into play sheffield obviously is a good side and they proved it last year yeah 
but I, from what I know, they haven't been very busy in the transfer window. So for, especially for a team like wolves that are so good tactically, like each game they can adjust their opponents and they just have a versatile team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing you see a lot. And I just think the game plan for wolves is probably better than Sheffield's and they got the goals in the third and the six minute one off a corner and then one off that half yeah. volley from Jimenez. I will say and the then, rest of the game. Oh, sorry. Was, yeah, I was gonna say from what I saw, the rest of the game was just they're just button heads going at each other. So I'm not worried about Sheffield, but I think Wolves did a good job and that was kind of down to the tactical game plan going in, I think. Yeah, yeah no, I will say Sheffield did do a good job. I mean they gave up those early goals, but the rest of that game was a really fun game to watch and Sheffield definitely was competitive. They had chances. They just Wolves were the only ones that could finish that game. Sure. Uh, I saw. I can't remember if before the game started. I think it was uh, Nuno signed a new three year, three year deal with Wolves. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, Nuno is probably one of the best managers in the world over the past three four years. So no in the world. Have you? Dude, he brought him from the championship. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just. I'm, I'm just clarifying. saying top top 10 manager in the world with that wolf side i, I think that he can bring Wolves he's to done football. yeah he has done he they should have had it last year and they've been mm-hmm. in the premier league for what is this their third season yeah yeah and they're already pushing for european football and like you've i mean obviously i don't think it's gonna happen but you see people arguing saying champions league like wolves could nick fourth this season it's just ridiculous i yeah. Nuno signing new three years, the best thing they could have done. They don't. They could spend a hundred million on yeah. Ronaldo, and I still think signing Nuno to a new contract is a better idea. Um, real quick, Sam, top five managers go. Top five managers, like yeah. currently or ever. Yeah. Currently. Currently. Okay, Pep. Mm, I don't want to say Jose. <laughs> not in my not in my era. Of currently, I think Pep Klopp all time. Um, yeah. Okay. Frank, what's Ollie. his name? No. <laughs> Pep Klopp. Um, what's his Currently? name? Ollie. Currently, RB Leipzig. Oh, uh, Nagelsmann. Julian Nagelsmann. Na- Julian Nagelsmann. Ancelotti, just over his whole career, has been ridiculous. And then, I mean, if I had to... But if, uh, I don't really want to put a fifth. But you have to. I guess Jose. But Currently... You gotta ignore their. No, per- you have to ignore currently. their past. You have to ignore okay, their. If past. we're ignoring their past, no, currently. not currently. I only watch Premier League, so my is obviously a little skewed. But I'd say Nuno, just because of what he's done with the tools he has. That would be my top five currently. But obviously, I don't. Well, you did say it was top five. Yeah, that'd yeah. be. That'd be, that's fine. That'd be I'm just it asking. There's now. no wrong answers. I'm just. I'm asking what you think. Yeah, I don't know La Liga, but I don't think I wouldn't argue Zidane just because of the fact that he was handed a ridiculous yeah. team yeah and true. i think it's too early to say lampard or any of like obviously yeah, any of the new, any of the new boys yeah i agree but, okay moving on brighton versus chelsea that was the game that was today after the wolves sheffield game yeah. uh starting off again that work didn't really see this one too much i saw Jorginho scored a penalty early on didn't he yeah first uh, half early shout first out half. werner shout out timo werner he had a good he, game from what I from what I understand. It's on did, Twitter. He did the keeper got taken out. Georgina okay. just finished the penalty calm. Okay. Nice. Reese James. Banger. Oh, Absolute banger today. But it was right after uh the Brighton goal. Like literally like a minute after. Was it? 
Yeah, uh, Brighton scored. They were 98 the seconds apart right? or something. Yeah. Two minutes, 30 seconds. It was a good Brighton goal for sure. Game started literally, yeah, what, like 60 seconds after, 30 yeah. seconds after kickoff. Reese James, top ins. Yeah, Reese, they just played it around the back. And what I saw, I don't know what formation they're playing, but Havertz kind of sat out on the right. So then when Reese James received the ball, he was always tucked into the middle more. Okay. So he just played a ball to Jorginho, got it back, and just took one touch. There was a guy pretty close to him, and he just smashed it. Just didn't even think for a second and just drilled it top right-hand corner. There's just no chance. Ridiculous. Yeah, from what I saw on Twitter, that obviously goal of the season contender. Instantly. 20-year-old right back, yeah. by the way. And what about the Kurt Zuma goal? I didn't see anything about that. <laughs> um, Reese James, shout out. Yeah. Played a very deep corner and not where it was supposed to go clearly kurt zuma was like falling over and uh brighton defender kind of just stuck out a leg and left manny ryan wow. on the floor poor guy yeah um so th- do you guys know what formation chelsea played today? did they play like a four two three one i was gonna I don't say that's they played three at the back right that's what it looked like it looked like four two three one okay and they they had they had havertz out on the right side they didn't have him up the middle they had him out on the right it looked like i will I'm going to go ahead and actually look it up because okay, I'm very curious. I, if I'm Frank Lampard and I have Ziyech and... and um, Ziyech didn't play. No, no, no. I understand. I understand that. I'm just saying like throughout the season, if I have Havertz and Ziyech, I'm playing both. I think they have both the same qualities that they're interchangeable. I'm having a move, switch switch positions throughout that game to con- to confuse defenders and change it up. Just have, You're saying have move freely? Yeah, between, between the center and right side. But yeah, so they played Kepa, Reese James right back, Christensen and Zuma centers. Yeah, it had to have been. Yep, it was. Yeah, it was. So it. what it was is Conte Jorginho holding, obviously. Yeah. Havertz on the right, Mount up the middle, Loftus Cheek on the left, Werner up front. And then on the bench they had No Kovacic. No Kovacic. That's interesting. No Ziyech. No Chilwell. Yeah, Ziyech's injured though, I think. They've all been injured. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing like serious, but I think they just weren't they weren't match fit. Oh, and Pulisic isn't even on. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Why didn't, oh, he's, why didn't he's injured? Oh, is he still injured? Okay. Yeah, it's like in a little. He's fine though. That's <laughs> that. They're gonna do great things. I think that was. Yeah, they're gonna be good this year. Yeah, they need like to play. we said last week, but, but yeah. So that's kind of just a quick recap. I guess it wasn't too quick because we went a little more in depth. But it's just a recap of the week one games. So moving on. Biggest surprises from from week one. You know, we have a Google Doc that we kind of write on just to to help us out with timing and stuff. And there was no disagreement in in leads for the biggest surprises from week one. I mean, I don't know if anyone like obviously there's the Tottenham documentary out. Mm-hmm. Shout out Eric said, "Oh, there's this Leeds documentary," and I was like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. So I started watching it, and just watching the first couple episodes. And it starts when um, Bielsa, get, yeah, Bielsa gets there. And that team, so their whole game plan in the championship was literally just to be fitter than everyone, press the ball constantly, and just attack. Mm-hmm. And then just swarm backwards. And people were criticizing, saying they're not going to be able to do it in the Premier League. They didn't get absolutely toasted on first week against the best team in the Premier League as of last year when in the championship. And they played their game plan. They didn't 
Liverpool did not control the game. So it was oh, it was just crazy. Yeah, it was a very good game. Thomas, what did you think about about Leeds? Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted that Leeds, the newly promoted side, could have, you know, basically they were tied pretty much the whole time. It was yeah. neck and neck the whole time with the champions. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Um, no. I, I severely, severely <laughs> underrated um, Harrison and Bamford. Like, I knew Bamford was good, but holy <laughs> shit, that touch of that half volley was something else, man. Yeah, it was very good. I, I think they take this momentum and they bring this through the season. Uh, their play style, I think it's going to disrupt a lot of these top six teams. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw. They talked about it, the announcers. That was Bamford had been in the Premier League twice and only scored one goal. Mm. And that was, I believe that was his second ever um, <laughs> Premier League goal. Screamer. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. I think you're talking about Bamford played... didn't score a screamer. Bamford dinked it over half Allison. That was click. Yeah. Click at the half volley. Yeah. That was a fucking screamer. Dude. Bamford, yeah, Bamford's their striker, number nine, the kid that just runs around a ton, but he's literally yeah. just a workhorse and he had two chances and he finished. It's some so, really good hold up play, too, from yeah, what I, when I saw. I think he's exact. Like what I've seen is Bielsa is a huge fan of his attitude, not okay. even the fact that him as a skillful player, just his attitude mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he yeah. ran. He was always running from what I saw. That's chasing every ball. Yeah, the whole team. I think the biggest takeaway from that game is watching Leeds uh, be able to recover from being down to a mm-hmm. team like Liverpool. Yeah, what, three times, points. right? It was yeah, it was one nil, one one, two nil. Yeah, they did so on. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it was a great. They were they look good and putting three past the champions after the season they had last last year is yeah, <laughs> something else. I saw a uh, stat. I can't, oh, I'm gonna fuck it up. I can't remember from when it was, but I think it was in the last few seasons. Van Dyke has the most errors leading to goals out of anybody in the Prem, <laughs> which is just crazy to think about because he's regarded as one of the best center backs, if not the best center back in the world. Yeah, the goal, the first goal they gave up after he scored the header that he just tried to, or yeah, I don't know what he first tried goal to, to go. Yeah, to oh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. I don't know if it was their first or second goal. But he just tried to flick it with the outside of his foot to Robertson, and it just went yeah, nowhere. It was really bad. right, right in front of their goal. What I mean, it was what like t- not even twenty five. It was yards like out. it was in. It was like it was in the box. Yeah, it was, it was in the box. It was in the box. Wow. He just whiffed it. Was that the Bamford goal? Yeah, I think it was. No, well, no, that was the first goal, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't no, know. the first goal. No, it was the Bamford goal. The first goal was uh, Jack Harrison just running down the wing, cutting yeah. and thrashing. Yeah, that was a really good goal, yep. too. That goal was really good. That cut, he got, like, two players with that. And then there was the one it. angle where he was looking straight onto the goal, like, over his shoulder, and he got it just right in the perfect window. Yeah, it was it was a nice goal. Jack yeah. Harrison played in the MLS, right? Yeah, he's uh, technically... I don't know if he's signed for Leeds or on loan, but I believe okay. he, he's on loan. So he was he signed for New York City, yeah, which is City's uh, child club, I guess. City's oh, parent club. What nationality so, is he? Is he he's English. He's English. Okay, makes sense. But he can't. Uh, no, I mean, the US. 
that just enforces the idea that the Premier League's just the retirement league for the MLS. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Well, after that horrendous joke, let's move on. Um, Come on. Another. Yeah. I mean, we already covered it a Come little. Crap. Crap. Everton is. I'm just. I don't know if it was a surprise. I just don't no, think anyone expected. Me, I don't think anyone expected them to come off to that hot of a start. I think uh, one thing that was really impressive about that team is that they just—it looked like they just wanted it more than Tottenham. Tottenham looked looked lazy the entire game, um, and Everton, like Leeds, where they were just a workhorse. Like everyone was running constantly. Yeah, they were really good. So yeah, there was there was a new life in that Everton team. Those three signings had an immediate impact. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can give credit due to the fact that Rodriguez has played three different under three different teams with Ancelotti, so he's probably uh-huh. pretty used to his play style. So it was probably, yeah. it's probably pretty easy for him to just get in that game knowing yeah. what he expects from him, what he needs to do. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. probably right the, only, the only new, for, new thing for him was the fact that it's Premier League. Like, that was yeah. really it. Yeah. Yeah, Hamas was... Hamas is... He's so Impressive. good. He's very underrated, in my opinion. I wish um, I could have snagged him. Fantasy, dude. I'm really <laughs> upset about that. I, yeah. I, yeah, me too. I was so close. I was like one waiver spot off or something. That's so unlucky. Very unlucky, dude. It's so, oh. But yeah, Everton, I think definitely, like we said, a team to, to look out for throughout the season. So with that Everton-Tottenham game, that was Mourinho's first loss in his career in the season opener. Um, where do you guys think... I don't remember where we put them. Let me look. We put them at fifth slash eighth. I put them at eighth. I have them at six. But what? Where do you think? What do the? What do you think they need to do to get to a a top six spot? They, you know, I'm not really. I don't think they're gonna get to a top six spot this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That it, team still just looked, too early. They just looked lackluster. I mean, Harry Kane didn't get involved enough. I think they need to do something with the formation. Eric Dyer needs to get out of defense. So bad. I don't, I don't know what's it. up with Davison Sanchez, but he Davison Sanchez is probably like him and Toby have played together for a while. They need Eric Dyer out. The dude is a liability. Yeah. He has single moments of greatness that last about 10 seconds. Before it's, typi- it's typically from a dead ball. Yeah. And then after that, he goes back to being brain dead. So they need to get Eric Dyer the fuck out Don. of there. Yeah, he's they put, they put in Domboy in and he was run like obviously they were still out of the game. Like they just Everton had control, but they put in Domboy in and the dude was running, he was chasing the ball, he picked up some interceptions, he was making quick passes. I think apparently Mourinho and him have squashed the beef. I think they need to get in Don- they need to get something a little more creative in there. Deli Ali came out injured and they looked flat. Was he injured? Why are you taking him I'm, out of half? He, I believe he. I'm pretty sure it's still his hip injury. Let me. Um. I mean, I would Google it, but that's the only explanation. They took him out, and until Ndombele came back in, or until Ndombele came in, they had no creativity in the midfield. Yeah, Winks is good, but he's not running up the field, like picking passes through the middle of the defense. He's picking up the ball distributing to the outside backs because he's there to guard this back line. So I think they need a creative spark. That they, the reason they were so good is because they had a player like Erickson. Deli Ali is great when he's on his, if he's not injured. So 
Bergwine didn't look bad when he came on either. Bergwine did not. I don't know why he doesn't start. They have Ryan Sessignon, uh, who apparently was great for them in preseason. Bro. I just think Jose's going to realize that he needs. Okay, so I am at Spurs slash web.com. Tottenham okay. Hotspur head coach Jose Mourinho has confirmed that Deli Ali was taken off at halftime against Everton due to a tactical switch rather than an injury. How are you taking off your only center attacking mid in in a game and when it's close at half? It was wasn't, it versus, at half. wasn't it Sissoko as well that he subbed on? Yeah, he brought in a center defensive mid for a uh, center attacking. Oh, mid. They had Harry Winks, uh, Harry Winks Hoiberg. and Play and Hoiberg no, played they had, too. They had Hoiberg who started. Harry Winks and uh, Sissoko, and then and she says and Don Boy came in for Harry Winks. Yeah, I I don't get it. What, it, what do yeah, you? I don't know. know. I was in Mourinho gets praised it? all the time for having such an unbelievable soccer IQ or whatever, or just knowing the game. But I don't. That didn't. Seem don't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And like, as much as we're kind of dogging on Tottenham right now, I think both of our friends that are Tottenham fans will agree that. What happened in that game tactically? Mourinho's the issue at Tottenham. That's it why made I think little to no sense. They have Mourinho. It looked. It made little to no sense. I don't know what he was thinking, but hopefully yeah. they can sort it out because I I like watching Spurs. Son and Kane are just fun. To I like watch. Son and Kane. I don't like watching Spurs. I like, I like watching Son and Kane individually. Lucas is okay. I like Bergwijn. I think Bergwijn should usually good. watch them when they're playing for Spurs. Deli Ali is very good on his day too. So. I don't know what yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Then. Yeah, who knows? It's first good. game of the season, though. We can't be too harsh. So I yeah, guess we'll see how it goes. I still feel on, like but... it might be a long season from Tottenham if that's yeah, how they're yeah. gonna play. Because even then, it didn't even seem like. Besides taking off Deli Ali, like Tottenham just seemed lazy, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't yeah. Because I mean, don't to what Everton did and how great they were, but yeah. Tottenham they could have that that game could have been a little bit more competitive. Absolutely, they yeah, on their day, Tottenham, I feel like can beat anybody. But when they're lazy like that, there is no way that you're winning a game. There's just no way. You you learned that since what? When you're 10 years old playing, if you're lazy, you're not winning a game. There's no way. So I just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make yeah. sense why they didn't. They just didn't seem to want it. Yeah. All right. I think we're dwelling on it a little yeah. too much. So. Okay. So let's move on to to underperformances. I think we just covered one of them. Tottenham, Tottenham performed like we talked about. Tactically, it just wasn't there. Jose's subs didn't make sense. They underperformed. What needs to change? Creativity. That's what I think it is. I don't Absolutely. think it's jitters. Kane didn't get the... involved either. Yeah, I don't At think all. it's jitters just because they're all so experienced. I really just think that they need to get a little more creativity in the midfield and move on. I don't. I have nothing more to say about Tottenham other than that. Kane yeah. and Son were trying to do their best. Lucas, of course, always runs, but they need creativity in the midfield. They knew that they need that spark that Bruno brought to United That's in cool. their they need that kind of creativity in the midfield. Absolutely. Um Arsenal, I don't think anybody underperformed. No. I think everyone on no. that team was good. Yeah. Um Absolutely. nor Leeds nor Liverpool underperformed. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really I think, uh, I think Van Dyke, uh, I'd say for Liverpool. Yeah, he didn't have Even a though he scored. heroic game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going to the next game, West Ham and Newcastle. Obviously, West Ham, absolute yeah. shambles, underperforming. That team, they have a decent squad. It's, it's not, not They should not be 
losing, just dropping points left and right. That should be a competitive game. And typically, if you look at the teams on paper, you'd say, hey, mm-hmm. West Ham 2-1 or 2-2. It yeah. shouldn't be 2-0 convincingly. No. So West Ham underperforming like we kind of discussed with the whole. What needs to change? There's a lot of turmoil. Uh, there's a lot that needs to change with West Ham. They've been bad for a while. Yeah. I, I don't think David Moore is a good manager. It's deeper than what we know. Th- yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely deeper than the surface. There's there's yeah. definitely some shit going down yeah, behind there. the Yeah, so Absolutely. unfortunately. Uh, okay, Brighton versus Chelsea. From what I heard, Havertz had a terrible game. Not, I wouldn't say terrible. He just wasn't involved. Well, he underperformed. In, yeah, underperformed because he is predicted to be the next world superstar. So Yeah, so I guess I think, Havertz, but I think that might just be jitters and... yeah. He wasn't like really. I don't know if he was too match fit. Again, he's twenty. He's yeah. coming I'm from not, the Bundesliga. I don't yeah. think we. I think it's jitters. It's just yeah. You know, there's no need to worry life in the Premier League. Quality. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Not at all. He's proved it. He's not missing game. Shit oh, bad, so. West Brom versus Leicester. Leicester obviously were the better team. Obviously, West Brom. West Brom. I'd say from what I was watching a lot, they they changed formations three times. And they started in the really? formation. Yeah. So they had Mateus Pereira, who they usually play as a 10 mm-hmm. with a nine in front. They had him out wide and they had another one of their prolific players out wide. And it just wasn't like, it's not what they did in the championship. And it just, so it wasn't what they're used to. And they just looked horrible. They switched yeah. it up. They kind of got a little more there, but it was too late at that point. And they just, yeah. I think West again, Fulham definitely getting relegated. I think it's just adjustment to the Premier League, and you can't be, you can't expect too much from a team like West Brom just coming in. So, yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna make that argument, Leeds came in and outclassed everybody, and the out of the three. Oh well, but Leeds is something everyone's like. Everyone was talking about Leeds like last year. Yeah. If you're in England, I guess, like they in the Championship, they played differently than anyone, and I didn't. Yeah, that that's just different class. Bielsa is great. Yeah, but for I, sure. Wolves and full, not wolves. West Brom and Fulham, you can't expect much. No, no, you really can't. Okay, moving on. Uh, some quick fire questions before we wrap up. Most impressive signing after week one, Michael. Most impressive signing. Mm-hmm. I'll go Hamas. I said Thomas. it last week. I'll say it this week again. Okay. Wait, Tom and Sam, real quick. Hamas Rodriguez, one hundred percent. I'm gonna say Gabriel. Oh, oh yeah, Gabriel. That's uh, oh yeah. Dude's I'm going to go on his debut. It was beautiful, and dude was locked down on really defense well. too. Ninety-three percent uh, pass beautiful. completion. Yeah, oh, yeah, he played really well. Uh, early season golden boot predictions, Thomas. Oh, um, I mean Salah again. I mean he had a hat trick. Um, other than, I, I would say Salah or I honestly Rich Allison. If he can finish, if he can work on his finishing, he could he could be a contender for the golden boot. Okay. All right. Uh, best or worst kits of the season, Sam? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's been on show yet, but my favorite kit has to be. I don't know if it's the Villa third kit or away kit, but oh my, I think it's their away kit. It is so nice. Is what it, are the colors? Uh, here it's. I can't tell if it's black or navy blue, but then it's got their red stripes with the baby blue logos, and it's got a burgundy. And baby blue. Ooh, yeah, just Google that. It's, That's good looking. It's very it? good. It's so I like that. simple, clean, and they they're I don't know what brand they're. Is that the third uh, kit? It might be. 
I would assume so, but I oh, it's so sweet. Uh, okay, I also yeah, cool. I really like Lester's the Burgundy. Those yeah, Lester's I, Burgundy looks pretty good. Yeah, I really like the City Third Kit. Yeah, I was I mean, gonna mention that. I like the City, the City Third Kit a lot. I like the City Kits. I don't like the home one that looks yeah. like the bottom of a pool to me. But <laughs> the other two, the Away and the Third, those are really nice. Yeah. And uh, worst kits. Let's just agree United's third and move on. Yeah, United's third is pretty good. United's third and... Quick shout out. Arsenal has some uh, pretty good kits. Yeah, I like the Arsenal. Let's just move on before it hurts Um, me even more from the United. I I was looking up at the kits and someone just completely put Burnley in last. This was like the 10th of September for third kits. And they just said, NA, they haven't released it. Burnley can fuck off. So okay. Burnley has the worst kits. Worst okay. Kits. Well, United second then. All right, and uh, <laughs> let's go to to Michael. Is home field home field advantage even a thing without fans? It's definitely a thing, but let's use the Liverpool Leeds game for example. I mean, Leeds is good. They came out strong. Liverpool came out strong too. But if Anfield has fans. Is that, game gonna stay, is that game going to stay 3 no. 3 like, or no. go back and forth, be as competitive as it was? Uh, no, it's not. And it's de- home field advantage is still a thing because home stadiums and everything. But when you don't have fans in there, dude, it changes the game. Yeah. It definitely does. Absolutely. So I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Punnis Podcast for updates on when new episodes come out and just following the prem. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Tottenham for relegation.